Thursday, late in November. And I'm glad we have that day. I love to eat. And uh, it does help us to stop and focus. And So it is good to celebrate Thanksgiving. I've listed a bunch of things that I'm thankful for. And uh, I found this idea online. Of course, a lot of things I find online. But it's just I'm going by the alphabet. And I'm thankful to God, first of all, for always being with me. I'm thankful for babies and breakfast. Thankful for cars. Thankful for days off and dinner. Thankful for enough, because sometimes we just have enough. Thankful for family and Ford trucks. Thankful for Gina. Thankful for home. I'm thankful that we serve a God who is the I Am. Thankful for Jesus and junk food. Thankful for Kaylee. Thankful for love and lunch. Those are thankful for all the meals of the day. All the food, you know. Thankful for mothers. And since I like to eat, I'm thankful for napkins. Thankful for the ocean that we live close to. Thankful for passionate people. Not just people, but people who have a passion about something. Thankful for the quality of life that we have. Thankful for restaurants. Thankful for small things in life. I'm thankful for time away. I'm thankful for the unusual. I like the unusual things that get our attention. Thankful for being able to have a victorious life. I'm thankful for watermelon. Thankful for Xerox where we can make copies. And, uh, thankful for the color yellow. That's my favorite color. And I'm thankful for a, a zealous God. God who is so zealous that he wants all of our attention. Uh, but just the alphabetical list, um, things that I'm thankful for, and some of those are serious, and some of them are just a lot about food. And uh, I haven't found much I won't eat, but uh, that's my problem. There was a man in Jacksonville who was tired of his family leeching on him, and uh, so he calls his son out in San Diego the day before Thanksgiving, and he says, I hate to ruin your holiday, son, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are getting a divorce. Forty-five years of misery is enough. The son screams, Pop, what are you talking about? The, dad, the father replies back and says, We can't stand the sight of each other any longer. We're sick of each other, and I'm sick about talking about this, so you call your sister in Denver and let her know. Frantic, the son calls the sister who explodes on the phone. Like, blank, they're getting divorced. She shouts, I'll take care of this. So she calls her father back in Jacksonville, screams, you're not getting divorced. Don't you do a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother back in San Diego, and we'll be there tomorrow. Until then, don't do a thing. Do you hear me? And she hung up the phone. The old man hangs up the phone, turns to his wife, and says, okay, the kids are coming, and they're paying their own way. Thanksgiving. Well, I'll be so glad when I have a daughter that pays her own way. I don't know that ever really happens. I think we get caught in this every other generation thing. You know, when I grew up, we didn't have. So if we wanted, we had to work. And my parents didn't supply a car and insurance and all that. And now... I'm turning around supplying it for my daughter, and I'm sure when she has kids, she's going to say, I can't afford that because she's not used to paying those bills then. I don't know how that works. 
November is the month we celebrate Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful that we do set aside some time for that. I want to give you one serious thing that we really ought to do. We ought to find some time, and we ought to do this more regularly, but we ought to find some time during this next week and find the person or the people who are responsible for us coming to know the Lord if we're still around and just give them a big old thank you. Just find someone who's been instrumental in your life. Or maybe it's somebody now that uh, is walking beside you and means a lot to your spiritual walk. Find somebody and and give them a big thank you. That would uplift their day and uh, we need to be more encouraging one another. Just Just a thought there. Let's read together God's Word, Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. I'm so glad when we come in on Sunday morning we can laugh and shout and sing and make a joyful noise. Uh, Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for. The Lord is good all the time, and all the time the Lord is good. So I want us to do some things this morning at least in our time of study together, I want us to acknowledge and receive and be thankful. Every Sunday around the world, a beautiful thing happens. People come together in congregations just like this all over the world. Some meet in houses of worship like this. Some meet in homes. Some meet in hiding because they don't have the freedom that we have. But whether in structures great or small or out in the open or in secret, people from all walks of life gather together on a weekly basis to worship and give honor and sing praises unto the Lord. But on the other hand, there's a sad second half to that. There are millions of people, again, all over the world who fail to come together to give worship. Even those who call themselves Christians fail to come together to give worship. The Bible says there, come, enter his gates with thanksgiving. If it didn't say anything else about coming together in the whole of Scripture, that would be enough to tell us that we ought to come together. But yet, Millions and millions of people around the world fail to do that. Psalm 100 is the last of a section of a series of psalms that emphasize the Lord is King. talks about God's people going into his house to worship. And is it calls out to the people to come into his house of worship. It really does, in a practical sense, give us the actual purpose of the church. Look at the progression there. It tells us to joyfully express thanksgiving to God as being the one true God. It tells us to present ourselves for God's service as many of you did here yesterday and and whether you were here or not you still may have been doing that. To come together uh, 
for God's service, and then to urge all people of the earth to come into relationship with God through His Son. It's basically a summons to all the earth to acknowledge that God is the one true God and to receive Him as Lord. Number one in your notes, acknowledge the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, as the one true God. 694 times in the psalm alone, the word Lord is used there. And 624 of those times, it's all capital letters. If you've been around the church very long, you know what that means. That's the one true God. That's Yahweh. The, the name that the, that the Hebrew children would, would even not even say the complete name because of out of so much respect for the name. But yet we throw it around, around in our world today and, and flip it and use it in vain and even in the Christian circles I hear it way too often used in ways that do not bring honor to you and me. But it begins with a summons to all the lands to make a joyful noise. Uh, a German commentator and I can't say his last name but his first name was Franz, used that or described that call as a blowing of the trumpets to come in with exuberance and making noise that would bring attention so not to yourself, but the reason of why you're making noise. You know, sometimes we have trouble expressing ourselves in worship. We're going to do that with a joyful noise. And I'm, I'm glad we have freedom here to do that. You want to raise your hand or shout hallelujah, just do it. Don't, don't quench the spirit. But we have freedom to worship and make the joyful noise when we come into the to the Lord's house. And we're doing that to say that He is the God of Israel, the one true God. That's what that name there means when, when it's all cap letters, letters, make a joyful noise, make a joyful shout to the Lord, the one true God. Exodus 23 says, You'll have no other gods before me. And how often do we find things sneaking into our life? Whether it's good things or bad. Sometimes the good things take the place of the one true God. It, that happens suddenly. The devil knows exactly where to, to tempt us. He doesn't tempt us in the areas where we're strong. and We don't have any trouble uh, putting off temptations. But it's those little areas in our life that he sneaks in where our weaknesses are. He's smart. He's cunning. But letter A, you know, serve him with a bad heart. Serve him with a glad heart. Verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Gladness. How often do we serve him with a grudging heart? I have to get up and go to church. I have to go to the food bank for the total my son. I have to. And you know what? That's just the devil coming in. Because every one of you will say the very same thing. When I get to church, I'm glad I came. When I get to the food bank, I'm glad I came to serve. It's such a blessing. I don't understand that, how you get such a blessing out of giving something. That's just God's economy. That's just the way it is. He won't bless it till you give it away. But how often we try to hang on to it. Serve him with gladness. 
It's an attitude of the heart. Serve him with gladness. Number letter B in your notes. Approach him with joyful songs. I'm so glad we can sing some songs that have some upbeat shout to the Lord kind of message that we sang this morning. Just a joyful noise unto the Lord. And it doesn't always have to be on key or even with the music. Or if the words don't come up on the screen, just keep on singing with a joyful noise. We do that well. I'm glad we do. I'm glad it's not about the production. Because we would get disappointed. Because technology is going to fail. People are going to make mistakes. And and I'll just be honest with you. Many times it's the technology. When you push the button and it don't come up. There's nothing you can do. But I'm so glad that we don't have to depend on that. To be able to have a joyful song in our heart. We should come before his presence. Literally before his face. That's what that word means. You know, we, we think about it just coming into here. But if we could really get into our minds, is when, when, when it says come into his presence, that word mean, really means come right up to his face. In the Hebrew, it's a, it's a picture of coming before God and looking him into the face. Boy, if we could get that picture in our minds when we worship, what, what would it change? in our heart, our thankfulness of being able to worship, serving with gladness. We ought to acknowledge Him with the, since, the, since our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, we ought to acknowledge the Lord as we walk throughout each day, not just on Sunday when we come to worship. You know what? What we do on Sunday really reflects what we've done all week. If you haven't been in an attitude of worship or been in some commune with God all through the week, what makes you think that you can walk into his presence and have his attention? Now, he's not going to turn you away. But it's like that kid who only shows up when he needs something. There's not a gratitude in the heart. But we ought to be worshiping every day of the week. And we come together on Sunday as a corporate worship. And I really believe that most of you are. Because it shows on Sunday morning when we come together and have to make a joyful origin to the Lord. But we should be worshiping and coming before the Lord on a daily basis. Sadly, many believers, that's why we have so many dead churches, they'll do that. They come on Sunday morning or some just on the holidays and, and after doing God a favor. But our attitude about going to church should be one of anticipation and thanksgiving. Psalm 122.1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Youth, I want you to think about that. Children, next Sunday morning, when mom and dad says, okay, let's get up. We're going to church. I want you to remember Psalm 122.1. I was glad. When they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. But you know what? If we don't show that enthusiasm, we can't expect our children to show that enthusiasm. 
I was glad when they said, let's go to Ephesians 5.19 says this, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's that personal time of worship. Sing to yourself. I, I sound pretty good in the shower when I sing to myself. When I'm riding down the road, I think I sound just like whoever's singing that song. I sound just like they sound. It must be the hum of the engine or the sound of the wheels that drowns it. I'm not sure what it is. But it's it's not about what it sounds like. It's just speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. He hears our heart. I'm glad he doesn't hear or listen for whether I'm on perfect pitch or even singing the right words sometimes. You know, when you have to go watermelon, 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 because you don't know the word. But just make a joyful noise. And then corporately, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as in the manner of some is, but exhorting one another as so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, it's so important that we do that individually, and then we bring that blessing and encouragement to be able to share with each other as we give thanks to the Lord. Psalm 43, 4 says this, Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy, yea, upon the heart will I praise thee, O God my God. Making joyful noise. Number two, accept the Lord, confess and know that He is the only true God. Verse three, Know the Lord. That word there, know, means to know, experience, experience, with experience. There you go. Knowing by your own personal experience. I've heard this, and I know you have too, many, many times. I've talked to some people several times and say something to the effect of talking about the personal relationship with Christ and they always want to go back to when my mother was a great Christian or my grandmother had a personal relationship like none other I've ever seen or but it's about a personal relationship knowing the Lord know the Lord he is God it is he that is made of it's a personal relationship it, you can't rely on your family or your tradition but it's a personal relationship. Grandma's relationship won't mean anything when you stand before the Lord. He is our creator. Letter A under number two. Verse three. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Psalm 139, 14 through 16 says, I will praise you. There's that thanksgiving, that joyful noise again. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I wonder how many times that we read over that little phrase. I would like to go through and just see how many times that little phrase is mentioned just in the song. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, 
finished yet, there will not have been. Even before I was born, Lord, you knew me. He is my creator. Know the Lord. He is God. It is He that made us, and we not ourselves. He is our creator. He has an incontestable right to and property in us and all that we have to be used by His power, disposed of by His will, and devoted to His honor and glory. We are not our own. He has a right to do with us as He chooses. And you know, the great thing about that is He only wants to do us good. And we still don't trust Him. Because sometimes we have to do something that kind of hurts to grow. And we don't like to hurt. He's a little tough sometimes. Let her be. He's our shepherd. We don't like that picture either because sheep are stupid. But we're called the sheep of his pasture. Verse 3 again. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know what I like on the other side of that is when you picture a shepherd who really loves his flock he's going to protect them at all costs. He's going to take care of them. He's going to make sure they're, they're, they're grazing on green pasture. He's going to make sure there's fresh water. He's going to supply all their needs. He's going to protect them from the enemy. You know when I look at that whole picture I think I'll trade that stupid cheat have a loving shepherd. He is the Lord, a shepherd who deeply loves and cares for us. If you don't believe that, read Psalm 23. Just read it slowly. Let it sink in. The Lord is my shepherd. He's a personal shepherd. Many people, many people all around us, that's one reason I'm so excited about this right now meeting. It's going to be such an easy tool for us to just go up to somebody and say, Here, Eastside Baptist Church would love to give you a gift. It's not going to cost you anything. You just log on to this. What a way just to, just to hand them something. I can't wait to get it. I want to go try it out. Because they're going to go, Well, what's the catch? There is no catch. We're not going to send you a key hoping you win a new car and you're going to call in with a code. You know, there is, there is no catch. Just use it. And like sheep, as Isaiah 53 says, they've gone astray. And it's our responsibility to go out inside the pasture and bring them back in. Help them to get back into the fold. I'm so thankful we don't have to do that on our own. Acts 1.8 tells us, we talked about this last week, you receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and all Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. We can do it locally through something as simple as handing out a little card. We can do it globally by sending out shoeboxes. We can do it in the workplaces. What a great, great, great God we serve. Number three, arrive in the Lord's presence, His temple, with a thankful heart. 
We have a lot to be thankful for. We live in a free country. I'm so thankful we live in a free country. When people all around the world are gathering this morning, not like we did, drove up to a nice facility, the lights on and the doors open, everybody around us knew we were gathering for worship today. But no, there's some that are going into hiding in fear of their own life and they don't even have a copy of God's Word. Maybe they've got a couple of pages and they just want to share this morning because of fear of having the whole thing taken from them if they get caught. I'm so glad we live in a free world. And I'm so glad we can arrive in the Lord's presence with a thankful heart. The psalmist was addressing the people ascending Mount Zion to worship the Lord at the temple, the place where he resided in a special way. And as they entered through the gates or into the courtyard of the temple, that's when they were to begin the vocal offering of the praise. Gratitude to Him is at the heart of worship. If we are not thankful, it's awful hard for us to come and get an attitude of worship. We can get up every morning and look around us and find all kinds of things to be thankful for. Why should we come with a thankful heart? Because He is worthy of praise. That way. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's our creator, our shepherd we just talked about, and he's worthy of praise. He made us, he guides us, he cares for us. And most of all, because of our sinfulness and the separation that our sinfulness caused, he provided a Savior so that we can come back into a right relationship with the God who created us and shepherds us. He demonstrated that love at Calvary. Better be in your notes. Also because he is good and loving. His love never fails. Oh, we, we fail our children. We, we fail our spouses. But we can enter into God's presence daily and then on Sunday as well because of his goodness toward us. But you know what's so amazing about God's love? He's even good to those who don't love Him. Listen to what Matthew 5.45 says. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. There's a lot of people out there that still need to understand that God loves them. Matthew 7.11 says this. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He loves even those that are not here in our presence. And that should be another reason. When we come into his presence, when we come to look into his face, we need to be thankful because he is good enough. Romans 8, 35-39 says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, stress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. 
Paul goes on to say, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can be thankful because He is good and loving, and His love endures forever. We don't have to worry about hanging on to His hand because He's hanging on to ours. And we can hang on to that. His love never fails. Let us see. Because he is faithful and true to every generation. Look at verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. We can come into his presence with thanksgiving. Because he is good and loving. He is faithful and true. Is worthy of our praise. How much more do we need? Or if we could ever really grasp that, how good He really is, how would it change our attitude when we come into worship? It should be an attitude of thankfulness. Our attitude when we go into God's house should be that of gladness and joy. As we walk or ride to church, I wonder, don't, please don't raise your hand. How many of us this morning got up this morning and said, Psalm 122, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Did we do that or did we complain about the kids not being ready on time? Or, like I do sometimes. If you don't come on, I'm going to leave. You'll have to ride yourself. No patience. So most of the time we just plan to come separate. Because I want to come early. And, she's not, and she doesn't really have a need to be here that early. But, but we should have a different attitude when we're planning to go to the presence of the Lord. We can't gripe and fight coming down the road and, and get out and go in with the right heart. And that's what God said. In under God's law, they came in to express their gratitude by offering a sacrifice in Leviticus. You can read that in Leviticus chapter 7. But also, as New Testament believers, we too are instructed to offer a sacrifice. And what he asked for is the attitude of thanksgiving. Listen to what it says. By him, therefore, let us, this is Hebrews 13, 15. By him... Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continuously. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. That's what He asked. An attitude of thanksgiving. Ephesians 5.20 says this, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.17 And whatsoever you do in word or deed, Indeed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father. First Thessalonians five eighteen. In everything, give thanks. Everything. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. An attitude of thanksgiving as we come into the house of worship on Sunday morning. I hope God will help me to remember where my attitude should be. When I come into his presence. An attitude of thanksgiving. We celebrate that this season. Let's celebrate it every day. 
all year long. From attitude to thanksgiving. We're home folks this morning. And I want to ask the question. This is the challenge. And I'm as guilty as any. We get so caught up into the day-to-day grind of living that we fail to give thanks. I really believe that that was part of Paul's coming to the conclusion in his life when he said, I've learned to be An attitude of thanksgiving. Not because of what I don't have. I'm not going to dwell on that. I think what Paul was saying is I've learned to be content because I've learned to be thankful for what I have. Learn to be thankful for what we have. Attitude of thanksgiving. And then contentment. I believe really brings peace in our heart. We don't have that desire for warmth. Others things. And then when we become content, I believe out of that contentment and the attitude of thanksgiving, that's when we begin to really be able to offer that thanksgiving and praise. And as we share and give and bless others in the name of Jesus Christ. God help my attitude. When I put my feet on the floor in the morning, why do I have an attitude of gratitude? Was the one who created me, who is the shepherd of sheep. So that I might be a witness to the Lord. The challenge this morning is to all of us. As we go through this week, really, I hope that you'll find someone who is, if they're not around any longer, find the one who is influential in bringing you Christ. Just give them a big thanks. If not, find somebody who is instrumental in your life there. And offer a word of thanks. Let's have an attitude of gratitude this week. Spill out into the lives of those around us. Because we're going to have opportunity to be around family who are going to be grumbling. How many of you have people in your family that they're just they're just right for the family? We all have at least one. We have somebody in our family that they're always negative or we're going we're gonna to have a chance this week to be around people who need a touch. And it'll be up to us. We can set the tone in the room. Offering gratitude and attitude of thanksgiving. Let's pray. Again.